0: and girls ladies and gents welcome to the first episode of stadium Miguel. it's gated nation's favorite Unc, uncle silk and i'm here with my main man all-american national champ oh my, oh my black. black man let's go let's get it up oh, man what's up with it man, what's hey, man going we on? hanging out man hanging yeah. out on, on stadium Miguel. Hey. And then we had to bring we had to bring along the uh the professional the always dapper my man dan what's going on dan What's up, baby?
1: It's good. It's good to be here. It's good to. Uh,
0: it's good to have this live. Let's make it happen. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a few weeks now. Now we got it up and rolling, man. How y'all feel, man? Y'all feel great to be a part of a, a podcast. We about to shake some stuff up, man.
2: Man, I feel great. Anything associated with the Gators, man. You know me. Anytime I got a chance to talk about orange and blue, man, I'm ready. Always.
1: Yeah, it's a long time coming. It's going to be a lot of fun. you have a lot of fun guests, a lot of good people. Talk some shit, talk some good stuff. This is going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, we're we'll going to get it roll of the day. We got um, some writers coming on, some former players, some regular fans, some guests. So we're going to kick it, dog. We're going to hang out a little bit. Um, I never envisioned myself having two podcasts, dog. When I first started this thing, it was a hobby. Just kind of kicking it around, dog. But I felt we had to do something special for Gator Nation, dog. Just something exclusive. You gotta have a flagship
1: podcast for a flagship university, right?
0: Yeah, it's just different, man.
2: Huh? I remember, you know, you know, we, we prestige, man. We're, we're a prestige school, man. So we gotta have the best of the best, you know.
0: Yeah. So, man, let's go ahead and get it kicking, man. Um, let's get it right into the meat of this thing. It's the off season, so we're going through all the off season uh, shenanigans. Um, the biggest thing with off season is is the workouts. On um, the team coming together. And and pretty much it's all am I right? Ahmad is pretty much all player driven yeah. <laughs> for the most part, and and with Nick Savage, the strength and conditioning guy, he pretty much runs that whole show, right? Well, basically, you know, in off season, what happens is is you know the, the coaches
2: they they, they kind of step back a little bit and, and kind of try to get what they want um, for the season to look like. Uh, try to get everything in place, yeah. man. Um, for the most part, in the summertime, it, it's all Nick, it's all Nick Savage, man. Um, even Coach Mullen even came out and said, man, Coach Mullen says that he he's one of the most important guys on the team. You know what I'm saying? So um ever since Nick Savage been there, the guys have averaged a 3.5 body body percent, uh, 3.5% body fat loss. So, you know, that's that's a plus too, man. And you know, he he gets those guys, you know, um ready for the season. Uh these guys come together. This is a team building, this is a team chemistry right here, man. That's what, what it all boils down to is the summertime.
0: How was uh, Matt Drills when you guys were um, doing your thing? Who's, who's, um, I have a no, uh, memory loss right now, dog. The Kush ain't really set in. I ain't really smoked today. Yeah, uh, who's Mickey. Mickey? Yeah. So actually the first time I ever saw
2: Coach Savage, man, I'm like, yeah, you know, trying to see what, what our shift and conditioning going to look like, man. And, and, and I'm like, man, hey, this, this dude really reminded me of Mickey Marotti. You know what I'm saying? Well, come to find out, this guy actually, you know, was one of Mickey Marotti's other studies. He actually learned from Mickey Morati, so man, I'm like, damn, that's cool. That kind of spotted that out, man, because you know they act, they have a lot of similarities.
1: What's the difference between uh, Ahmad between the summer and the fall in terms of what are these guys doing and, and why are they, what makes a good strength conditioning coach from a mediocre one?
2: Um, the the summertime is more of a trying to trying to build, trying to uh, get get our strength up, man, get our speed up. Um, you know, work on the stuff that. That last year, man, kind of held us back from getting to where we need to be. Um, and 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 more of, in August, that's like okay, we we fine fine tuning the, the little things that we need to get ready for the season. Um, kind of toned down tone down the workouts a little bit more. Now we're more into football um, workouts, I should say. Where summertime is more of a, like a like a workout, like like not football, but like weights and and, and speed and agility and stuff like that.
0: And you guys keep it competitive too, right? From what I see, um, even when um, we had uh, the guy, you, you guys, the strength and conditioning guy, and Nick, Nick Savage, they try to make a competition. You guys are pretty much—they're not doing tug of war; they're doing all sorts of things. Are they are they competitive as far as the the maxes and stuff like that in the gym and reps as well?
2: Man, everything is competitive, you know, in, in that building. <laughs> I know what, what what we used to do. Um, I, I think they did something similar. Was have like a drive, man, and you get your captains and you, and you drive players right and gotcha. it's, it's not only just um you know working out and 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 uh you know how fast you can run and how much you can bench press it's also who who's not late to class who's staying out of the trouble staying out of media who who's doing um going the extra mile to do what they can in the community you know you get extra points for little stuff like that man and, and all of it accumulates and i think uh how we used to do it was the uh the, the team that came in last that week had a 5 a.m um the next week, all week. So, you know, it, it, the best thing was trying not to get that 5 a.m.
0: I have seen a refocus in a lot of the players since the new strength condition and new staff came on. Um, one of the biggest things, once Felipe kind of was, was going to be the guy, one of my concerns was his offseason, he was in Orlando. He was back at home. He was doing a lot of stuff, but he wasn't really being the leader on campus. And I see a different, different, different Felipe Franks this summer. And also, man, um, shout out to my man Copeland, man. Copeland uh, putting up 4-5 out here in these streets, man. Hey, man. That, hey, it's only a couple receivers I've seen put up 4-5, and one of them used to wear number one.
2: So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, <if> that <laughs> tells you anything, man, shoot, man, putting up 4-5 is big, man. But, you know, <clears throat> a, a lot of people don't realize, man, it, it, your team is, is going to be a, a, a direct reflection of, of of your your coach and your and, and the top guys in your program, you know, no disrespect to the last coach we had, man. I don't think he really had a, a handle on, on on or the grasp of what we needed in order to win, you know, around this around this area and in this conference. And I think he stepped into something that was way over his head, man. So you know, in order to have our our our, our head our head person on our team, our quarterback, to have him not being able to focus and have him doing other things that, you know. Probably he shouldn't have been doing at that, that time, man. Instead of getting our team riled up, man, and getting ready, ready to go, bang out teams in this season, you know the coach would probably won't even focus to have our quarterback focus.
0: Yeah, man. Who you guys got? Who you hearing this for? Is like uh, around the team? the leaders in these off season workouts.
2: Oh I man, you said, you know you got Felipe Franks, man, but you know you got the back end guys um, with CJ and and, uh, and Marco, man, and. And you got some of the D linemen and that, that's that's out there that's uh that's making some hell, man. You got the transfers coming in, um, you know. But other than that, man, I'm I'm just super pumped about man our quarterback. You know uh, the strides that he made last year. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited to see how how he go out there and and make strides even bigger this year. All right,
0: hey.
1: go ahead. Hey, Amat. What? Um, speaking of, of Felipe Franks, what is his responsibility outside of obviously being there in the in the weight room? What's his responsibility in the off season for getting the team together and, and going through practices and, and scrimmages and uh, just you know running routes and all that stuff? Because obviously there's not a, a head coach yet or, or position coach that can arrange. that. what's what's he doing or what have you heard or, or, or what falls on him to do that?
2: Well, from from my understanding, you know, because the quarterbacks that I've been around, um, obviously were are we're didn't really need a coach around you get what i'm saying for instance like tebow um and, and from just seeing, yeah. seeing danny and and, and how, how danny Werfel go about things man um i think i think that kind of put a picture in my brain of what a quarterback should actually be like um a winning quarterback um and you know at, at times you know I, I don't think we have that um now last year we made great strides as far as how our quarterback should be um felipe you know overnight i feel like um you know with that new coaching staff turned everything around i think the quarterback should be the leader of the team um not necessarily just the offense but of the team um he, he needs to orchestrate everything and and, and and what he says goes he's kind of like the, the king of our kingdom you know what i'm saying he he, he he he's the lion king you know
0: what, yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. i mean the, and the best part about it though like watching those guys even watching, like like i rewatched the michigan game um on Sunday, because I was bored. You know what I'm saying? I'm missing football. So, I re-watched I, I watched the Michigan game, right. and in the Florida State game, where every time Franks does something, like, these guys want Franks to do well. You know what I'm saying? Like, even right. when, when, when he was sitting in the crowd, they were behind him with that. So, th- them guys want to see that he's the natural leader of the team. They want right. to see him do well. I'm just glad he's taking that leader role and kind of, you know what I'm saying, taking, taking this thing by the, the bull's horn, so to speak it's I mean, been a long
1: time since Florida's had a, a quarterback that that has the confidence to be able to lead and is able to produce on the field it's, it's tough right I mean you need your quarterback to have a lot of confidence but it's we've had a lot of shoddy play at that QB position, a lot of injuries and everything else, so I think now that, that Florida has a confident quarterback, somebody they can rally behind, I think that makes it a lot easier for the team to rally behind uh, a quarterback like him, compared to a quarterback that is maybe struggling or coming off an injury, that's then trying to, to put together practices or you know run routes and everything else, and, and maybe the team doesn't have confidence, so maybe they blow them off a little bit more, or maybe they're not as committed, and so having that confidence and being able to, uh, to support your, your QB like that, I think makes a huge difference more so than just that quarterback being a good player.
2: Now, the question is, Now, what, what what are we expecting out of Felipe um, this next year? Um, it, last year, he finished the season with 13 games, 58.4% uh, completion, um, 2,457 yards, 24 touchdowns, and six interceptions. Mm-hmm. How can you come out this year and do better than that?
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and jump into this quarterback talk. Uh, each week, we're going to pretty much break down a position group uh, for the team, so let's go ahead and just do quarterback since we are really on this quarterback Felipe Franks talk. Um, those stats, considering where Franks came from last year, though, it was very impressive, man. I just from Dan Mullen's record and his resume, I expect that those stats to to be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Now, now,
2: when you when you say a lot better, as far as his completion rate, his 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 yards, touchdowns, I expect. Let's, let's, I expect. it. because because let's be quite frank we looking at six interceptions. He threw, what, two against Georgia? Yeah. yeah
1: he threw One against Georgia. He didn't throw an interception after that uh, That game against Georgia. He ended the, the season last five games with no interceptions. Woo.
2: And, and then you know one, that. And that one I against Georgia. That. The one against Georgia, he underthrew it because the dude was open. So, you know, it, 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 I mean.
0: Very I, seldom Frank's underthrows, too. I yeah, think a lot of it was him yeah. second-guessing his reads early in the season. But once he got comfortable – we start seeing him like, kind of like light teams up and not guess when he's at the top of his drop. You know what I'm saying, man? I, I, I especially love when he get mobile, man. When, yeah. when he jumps up out there,
1: yeah. when he starts to run like a giraffe.
0: Yeah, yeah. hey, <laughs> <you> just <go laughs> <to start laughs> Hey, I, he gallops think, like a he gallops like a deer, dog. But it's a beautiful sight when he in open field, bro. I ain't gonna lie, dude. He's
1: faster than uh, you expect too, or or these other guys are gas and you just don't expect him. I mean, he looks I, like a, a damn giraffe
2: I, up there. I think what the what the biggest part is. It's also, he's what, what forty pounds or something? Yeah. Bro, it ain't too many 180, 190-pound cornerbacks want to run in front of him and try to stop him. Yeah, um, no, and
0: he'll, and he'll take the hit, too. He'll take yeah. the hit.
2: Um, yeah, and it, it's, it's not even the fact of him putting his shoulder down. He's just running through stuff. He's just so big. Got a big body.
1: I I think how he ended the year after that second half at South Carolina, then Idaho, Florida state, Michigan is exactly what Florida needs out of him next year. I don't think they need him to put up 250, 300 yards every game. They just need him to be consistently, you know, putting the ball, you know, at that like 60% completion mark. He needs to get a couple of, of touchdowns per game. He needs to limit the turnovers. He needs to limit those silly penalties. And, you know, he had some, some shoddy turnovers and not just, underthrown and interceptions. He had, you know, a couple fumbles. He had a, a couple careless mistakes that towards the end of the year, you saw him do a lot better on. So that's what they need out of him. They just don't need him to turn the ball over. They don't need a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. They just need good, consistent play because the rest of the team is going to be improved, I think, on the offense, uh, at least in the skill positions.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I just think we should just just uh, kind of like keep keep the uh, turnovers down that's um, yeah. the – I think a few times he fumbled the ball, so it's just, yeah. you know, holding on to the ball, man, it's, it's all security. Um, hey,
0: we, got, we got a live call. We got my man uh, Graham Hall on the phone. Graham, what's going on, baby?
2: What's going on, guys?
3: Thanks for having me on, and pleasure to be on the first pod. Y'all are doing big things.
0: Hey, first you guest, first are. pod. Hey, woo! Pull hey. up. We ask Lady Miguel, dog, every week, dog. Holler at us. Hey. hey, man, absolutely. And we need some quarterback talk right now, man. A uh, little Felipe Franks. What you expecting on of man Franks this year, bro? I think it's it's
3: absolutely expected that Felipe Franks is going to take a bigger leap this year than we saw him take really in those last four games of the season. Another year of Dan Mullen. Y'all have seen the videos of his confidence. He was going after it with Zach Carter in practice. This is a guy who I would say he's starting to get his swagger back, that he was kind of been missing after the Jim McElwain era really kind of rocked his confidence. I, I've seen the most impressive play out of Felipe Franks, especially in the spring. I, I mean, we knew Florida secondary was good, but the, the reads he was making, the throws he was making to Florida's wide receivers left everyone impressed.
2: And, and I think that Felipe Franks is going to continue to prove people wrong, uh, this season guys. All right. My, my question is, um, we pretty much know what we're going to, we're going to get out of Felipe kind of somewhat, um, but what about Emory and the guys backing him? Um, what do we expect out of these guys? What do should we expect uh, um out of these guys to help us be better in the future? Um, and we are we expected to see more Emery this year?
3: Yeah, I, I do think you will see Emory come in and, and hopefully for Florida fans it will be in, in quote unquote garbage time when Florida is up thirty plus points. I know Dan Mullen wants that to happen so that Florida can start developing the guy that's going to be behind uh, Felipe Franks next season or will be the starter next season. The expectation is that Felipe Franks will have a good enough season that, you know, obviously he's going to be a, a high end draft prospect and, and Kyle Trask is going to be done. And next year will be Emory Jones and, and then Anthony Richardson. And, and from there on, I, I think that the return of Kyle Trask it was very critical for Florida because I don't think Emory Jones is fully ready to threaten Felipe Franks for the starting job. I just think that from what we've seen in practices, more physically ready is Kyle Trask right now and and and, and Felipe needs a guy looking over his shoulder right he needs to be looking over his shoulder at a guy that could take the job away from him and Emory's not there although he's getting much closer I, I think of those three quarterbacks I think you could give Emory Jones uh, the nod of being the hardest worker right now because he has a little bit of work to do making up for for his stature and and he's getting a lot closer I would not be surprised if we saw him in, in at least six games this season for multiple series
1: Hey Graham, you have Trask number two or Jones number two? Yeah, what kind I of have Jones? I still Kyle Trask number two. I, I think
3: that Kyle Trask is a necessary number two, and, and a lot of guys. Uh, wanted him to be one of those people who freed up a scholarship to go after another um, position that needed bolstering. But I think Kyle Trask is the perfect compliment to Felipe Franks. He's just good enough in practice to push Franks without being a guy that, that really is threatening to take the job. And, and you look back to last year, the Missouri game. And as much as Dan Mullen doesn't want to say it, I mean, Kyle Trask was threatening to take the job and, and at least pushing Felipe to, to not let up on it until Emory gets to that point. I think that Kyle Trask, is uh, one of these you know best backups that you see in the NFL who could play if the guy goes down because they don't really have a surefire guy yet. But Emory Jones should get there if, if he gets the right work this year. But I think Kyle Trask is a necessary number two because if Felipe goes down, I trust Kyle Trask more to lead Florida's offense and, and be able to reach those expectations than I think Emory is able to right now.
0: Here's my take. Uh, I think Emory Jones brings a different dynamic as far as the re re-op, the re option look, um, I think Emory Jones gets some looks as early as week one, like he got came in the Georgia game and we get him some looks with with Emory as well and got some play action uh, action off the uh, off the re option as well. So I think Emory plays ahead of frames just because he gives a different look, like he's more uh, quick twitch guy and can do more re option and get us some some carries he may have had teams a track, up. Right?
2: Yeah, yeah, had I think.
0: I, yeah, I think he plays ahead of Trask because he brings something different to the table as for as what Dan really wants to do with running the ball. And I do think we see Emory Jones week one. We'll see. So so Greg.
1: So do you think that if Franks goes down, Trask steps up as the starter, although you might see Emory Jones play more just throughout the season?
3: I think it certainly depends on the situation. If Florida is six and zero and still heading into that that Georgia game uh, undefeated, I think you have to go to Kyle Trask because he gives Florida the best chance to win. Now, if, if Florida is maybe five and three and things haven't gone as well and early injuries have, have ruined those expectations, then absolutely you have to turn towards Emery and get him ready for the spring and, and prepare him to be the guy because Kyle Trask and Frank's won't be here next year and you have to prepare him right now he can't just be playing in garbage time you have to capitalize on those opportunities if the worst strikes you got to make the best of it and that would be preparing emory jones and you look back to last year against mississippi state i keep thinking of that Kadarius tony throw to moral stevens that's going to be i think how emory jones could come in and give uh, florida a different look in 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 some aspects that they couldn't do last year And, and i think that the more that Emory Jones improves, Dan Mullen's going to be able to expand his playbook and, and guarantees that that Florida can have some more creative plays.
0: Okay. Appreciate you for coming on, hanging out with us, Graham. We'll keep it moving, dog. We got a lot of we'll – yeah, on y'all yeah. yeah, yeah, we're hanging out tonight, appreciate dog. You. Appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Y'all take care. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Graham. All right, Graham. Yeah, appreciate sure. it. That's my dog, Graham Hall. We should have him on as a regular. Get them lies off. Yeah, man. Yeah, I
1: don't. I don't know, but I, I think I think Amber Jones is number two. I don't think that you can uh, you can put Trask. I mean, I think Trask did fine against the game against Missouri, but but the team was team was down big, and and I don't know. I mean, you got to think about the future. Trask is gone after this year. Uh, Frank's might go to the NFL at some point. You got to prepare and look for the future before you yeah. just you know you try to protect that. You know, maybe maybe getting a couple more wins. I mean,
2: also, I mean, I, I know it wasn't that far after the Missouri game, but I just feel like you know. Um, put Emery in right there wouldn't have done us too much good. Um, while we
0: while we talking quarterback talk, what was I just got to ask this, bro? Because I never really asked nobody this question. What was practice like with with, with Cam Newton and Tim Tebow?
2: <laughs> oh man, my boys just hit me up the other day. They were like, "Man, who was the quarterback you came home at, um, after your first summer?" They told us it was a quarterback that was better than Tim Tebow at school, and it was. I'm telling <laughs> you the truth. It was it was Cam Newton. I, I wouldn't say he was better than T as yeah. far as um as far as like throwing wise and, and, and you know um getting the offense going and, and, and stuff of that nature at that at that time. Now in the weight room, yes. Yeah. Cam Newton beat T in every single thing we did. Lifted in the weight room running every yeah. literally He, y- every- he y-
0: lifted Tim too? Yeah
2: you know I just said
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> everything uh, and then the only thing the only thing Cam wasn't ready for yet was, you know, all right. Cam, run the offense.
0: So and what the hell was John Brentley doing? And who was lying? Why would he was lying about John Brantley so much? What, what was he doing? Literally, I mean, John Brantley, my guy, man, you know, but
2: I just I, I just feel like, man, at that time, man, we, we was giving favors. You know, and, and Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it was on some some favors. I mean, because you gotta think about it. Cam came in, Tennessee game, ran over uh, what his name? Uh uh, 14, dude from Tennessee, Rams straight over, Cam going, scored a touchdown. I think that was like Cam's second or third touchdown of the year. Yeah. Our first year. Then we come back sophomore year, winning that championship. But, oh, yeah, by the way, sophomore year, we're going to redshirt Cam Newton and uh, not redshirt Johnny Brantley.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know what was going on there. That was a that was a weird decision. I mean, everything that I knew about Cam and Cam and I knew each other pretty well uh, in school. I mean, he had a confidence. He was ready to take over that uh, that program. So I don't know what happened. I don't know if, if Cam, you know, drew ire of coaches. I don't. I don't know what happened. Uh, Brantley was a good dude, but in, in no stretch of the imagination was he a fit for that uh, that offense that, that Dan yeah. Mullen was running, or then yeah. Stephen Dazio. I mean, that Urban Meyer offense just needs somebody that's going to move the ball and. John Brown is a good dude, but he's not a runner, man. He he was not fit for that offense, and you're not going to completely change your system for one quarterback and then go back. And they were recruiting those, you know, those athletic quarterbacks. And I didn't I didn't get it. Um, you know, he was a five star quarterback, and you know, his uncle and his dad played for UF. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, you draw with it what you want, but
0: I don't yeah, he should have stayed at Texas, bro.
2: Yeah, he, he was committed out there, man. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's one thing that uh that Cam used to always say. It's because, you know, people ask him all the time. It's like, why do you still stay here if you know tebo's going to start every year? You know, and you're going to have one year as a starter. And he used to always say, I only need one year.
1: Well, and that's what he did. He only needed one year, right? One year at Auburn, and here he is. There you go.
0: So, um, yeah, It's, it's, it's crazy. The rest is history.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Off, off the field, man, I just had to get some, some nostalgia, yeah. man. I'm, 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 I'm going to hit black with that often, man. I got a lot of man, questions I, from I, that I, era. So as they pop uh-huh. up, I'll hit you up weekly. Yeah
2: man, let me know,
0: man. Let me know. <laughs> All okay. right, man. Let's jump into some off-the-field shenanigans. We got uh the SEC approved alcohol sales.
1: Yeah, and then with that we got uh we got Edgar Thompson, huh? <laughs> is, that,
2: is that a coincidence or what? <laughs> TJ get Edgar he on there? here, bro.
4: What am I walking into though? <laughs>
0: <laughs> shit. Nick, that's up, exactly huh? what you thought you'd walk in Oh shit, I thought we had Edgar What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh
2: man
1: N- Nick, how you doing bud? Doing well, doing well back from Lubbock. Uh, yes. How was Lubbock?
4: Uh, Yeah, you can cross it off a list of, lists of uh, vacation spots
1: Yeah? <laughs> yeah Hey, how uh so, so the draft's happening right now, Major League Baseball draft. What's going on uh, there? Anybody, uh, any noteworthy news there?
4: Yeah, um, Marley Green, who's the uh, Gators' top overall prospect. He's down from Haggerty. Shout out Jeff Driscoll. Um, down from Haggerty High School, he went fifth overall, so uh, not going to be a Gator. He'll take his uh, $6 million signing bonus to go play pro ball. And then there's a couple more arms. Damn, Damn! Um, Mully's losing control. Uh, Damn, no, he's no. already lost control. <laughs> Mike White's lost control. <laughs> Dan's
0: lost control. <laughs> so, how you feel about the alcohol sales, then, uh, Nick? Oh, it's a uh, long overdue,
4: in my opinion. I mean, listen, it, it's they already have it in certain areas. Whether you're watching basketball or you're watching football, it's already in certain areas. Um, and, and listen, at one point, at some point, you're you're, you're offering it to grown adults who are doing it outside of the stadium and then probably chugging it and drinking more before the game because it's not an option once they get into the game. So people are worried about, you know, Oh, well now I got to deal with, with drunk people yelling at, at, at throughout the whole game. Like what, 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 what sport were you watching before where there weren't drunk people next to you in a football stadium? <laughs> All right, they, so- they can just, they can just take it easier In the pregame, in the tailgate, and then get a couple drinks, you know, get a couple $15 Miller Lights
2: when you get inside the stadium. All right, so here's my thing, all right? I know people drink. I know they hammer it. I know they slam themselves right before they go in, but look at this stat. Ready? Three teams in the top ten for the most stadium ejections are from the SEC, all right? (laughs) Number nine is Georgia, all right? Number eight is UF, us. And number one, number one school in South Carolina. It's so just good my, police work, Amon. That's not anything to do with you, <laughs> good.
4: security officers and police. It's just dedicated in the,
2: in the SEC. It just means, it's a, so, it just so means my, more security. It so, just means more police. I love it. So my next question is, are we going to have more or, or less uh, first aid out there when it's a 3.30 game and it's, it's, it's hot? <laughs> uh-huh, and y'all want to be <laughs> Shit at the game. I mean,
4: I, I didn't know. I didn't know what type of podcast this was going to be. I didn't do all my research, uh, but i have oh, professor of the show. Professor
2: of show,
0: Nick.
4: I read a couple stories that have where, where they've started selling alcohol. I was just at Texas Tech, and um, in the Big Twelve, you can you can sell alcohol. So they were selling it at uh, at the baseball game, and um, I read a couple studies in um, these stories where like incidents inside the stadium have even gone down since the sale of alcohol. And I think it's just the the fact that people aren't getting blackout drunk before they get to the game. And then once you're at the game, I, I don't think it's not a situation. That, first off, the lines will be so big. You've got something to watch, something that's going on in front of you. And then you're also paying, you know, a price of a 12 pack for one beer. So I don't think it's a situation where people are going to get into the stadium and then get drunk in the stadium. If, if you're getting drunk, you're probably doing it before you get into the stadium And then you're having two or three more beers, two or three more drinks. And and it's only beer and wine. We're not talking about, um, you know, taking shots in the Champions
2: Club. Mm. Hey, it goes down in the <laughs> Champions Club, huh? So need to let me uh, join him in the Champions Club. I got you, dog. You know I got you. If
0: I bring you, then I can really mingle amongst nah, you know, uh, really, monsters. Am, am I? Am I? Trying to go from the sideline to the
2: Champions
1: Club? And look, <laughs> the AC <laughs>
2: different, Nick. It's <laughs> different when it's right. <laughs> October, okay. September,
0: October. I'm in the Champions Club. <laughs> <of all. laughs> I got you, Amad, Nick. Uh, we, we I mean. Uh Ammar, we can holler at my dog Annie. She got you, bro. We we'll get you. We we'll yeah, get you in the Champions Club. But I'm if you're kidding. not if you're not drunk before you get in the stadium, you're not tailgating right, dog. I don't care about the alcohol sales because I'm not buying a fifteen dollar beer. I'm gonna get in there already sauced up, bro. The rest is just keeping the party going. You feel yeah, me? Icing on the cake. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what
4: I think. If you're if you're gonna get drunk, one, you're gonna be spending a couple hundred dollars to get drunk, and two, you're gonna miss the entire game because I'm guessing once it becomes, you know, if Florida decides to sell it in the general area, Scott Strickland came out and said. It's not going to be like a professional game where you've got people walking up and down the seats. You're going to have to go to a specific area to buy beer or wine. Um, I, I, I'm with still, I don't think, if you're, if you're, getting, if you're dead set on getting drunk for a game, you're drunk before that game starts. You're not walking into the stadium sober and starting to drink in the first quarter and, and then, you know, becoming a nuisance by the third quarter when
0: they stop selling it. Absolutely. That's a terrible time. Hey, hey, man, hey. Bring it up to the press box for me. Hey, hey, they let me in, bro. I, I promise to take off all my gated gear and not cheer, man. Just let me know. <laughs> I don't think they're, I don't hey. think they're on it.
1: Right? Hey, that's, that's, that's the place to watch, man. Hey, the press box is where it's at. You got Nick, who's watching the game. You got Thomas Goldcamp, who's got all your stats. and You can just put your feet up and just enjoy a good game for free. It's the way to go. That's it.
4: Then sat between me and Goldie a couple times. Pause.
1: <laughs> hey Nick, we no, we no, we're not having any bird
4: moments. There's no, that's no bird quote. <laughs> it's a different podcast. So it's
1: awesome here. Oh man, hey Nick, we appreciate you coming on, but we're gonna have you on in a couple weeks. Uh, we'll chat more, man. But I appreciate, uh, I appreciate your time, brother.
0: Hey, thanks for, having me on for, uh, for the first one, guys. Talk to you later. And hey, we um, on Stadium McGill every week, Nick. Pull up. <laughs> All
2: right, later, sure. Later, man. All right, man. Thanks for coming.
0: That was yeah, crazy. Yeah, I'm man. cool with alcohol sales, dog, but I, I, I mean, look, some of I, I, tailgates I, get wild, bro. Yeah, I, look, look, all right, so don't judge me, all right? <laughs> don't judge me.
2: But I went to my first tailgate, me and Major Wright, last season. And we waited until it was what? LS, I think it was LSU game. Did our first tailgate. And, man... I want to tailgate some more. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, dog. I had a blast, man. That was one of the, the, the most fun times I had before a game, man. And it just, it just sucks. Cause we never get to, to actually, actually um, get to, to witness how fans are before a game where I actually get a, get a chance to actually tailgate before a big game, man. It was so dope, man. I had a lot of fun.
0: Speaking of fun, man, there's been a lot of uh, fun and not so fun shit going on in the off season, man. Um, and a part, one of the biggest things we're having a good season is keeping the, the outside and the off the field shenanigans and noise down. What's your guys' opinion on um, some of the, the infractions and stuff we had going on this offseason and, and how it's going to affect the fall?
2: I mean, you know, when you when you're dealing with with kids, man, and when I say kids, I mean um, young men who seventeen to age twenty two, man. It's that you know, Urban used to always say that's the most messed up part of your life man because you actually don't know anything um and when i say you don't know anything i mean you're still developing as a a young man you're trying to find out how to become a young man before you become a grown man um and and i and i think you know um it's just hard to to keep guys necessarily from doing some things that young men like to do you know and and some of those things is 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 getting a mischief sometimes and they can't help it um but other things, other times we can't help it, man. And um, I think we gotta control what we control, man. And the, and these guys gotta understand what's at stake. Um, sometimes when we when we make these bad decisions, sometimes.
1: Yeah, no, I think that that's exactly right, Ahmad. I mean, it's so tough. I mean, especially for a lot of these guys, you know, I, I think it's it's interesting and, I mean, I think it makes sense that a lot of times that these kids are getting into mischief or getting into trouble is during the offseason or during their first year um, right after spring practice because that's the first time probably in a very long time that they've had an opportunity to not have to just go to work and go to school. Or, you know, when I say go to work, you know, do practice and, you know, hell, when they are in college, they might have had to work or high school, they might have to work too. This might be the first time for them in a long, long time where they have some time on their hands, and you know what happens when when kids have time in their hands, and when they're celebrities, or when they're around, you know, some folks that that just you know might not be the best influence on them, and you know you can't be watched twenty four seven, and it's tough, you know. And this is the first time that they're away from their parents, and you know they're relying on people that have probably been there for for a while to to show them the way, and you know they might be connected to some some folks that might get them into some trouble. So so it's tough, but uh, you know I think all in all. Uh, you know the Chris Steele thing. You know we don't we don't know what happened there. Uh, I mean we, mm-hmm. we, we know part of the story. Uh, you know the Jalen Jones situation handled itself out, and um, you know you know the P ride thing. That was. That was b s in my opinion. that was that was whacked. That, that was even uh, that was even brought up. And then obviously the Edwards thing, and and I know that he's away from the team right now as he handles his stuff. So uh, you know, hopefully that's the last that we hear of it. I'm sure it won't be. But uh, you know for a lot of these guys, it's just the first time that they're away from home or first time that they have
0: time on their hands, and kids just getting a mischief, man. Yeah, here's my take on it, man. Um most of the off the field shenanigans came from new guys. You came from yeah. uh, fr- freshmen getting mm-hmm. on campus. So right now I'm not I'm not concerned with the culture that's going on that uh, with what Dan money got going on. These guys working hard. Uh, we are seen the work ethics and, and whatnot going on. So it's not a lot of shenanigans going on. We just had some freshmen that came in, didn't really fit our culture, and we got them up out of there quick. I mean, i rather rather now than later. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we can replace those guys either transferring or JUCO or in the next recruiting class, dog, but I'm not concerned with with our core team. Those guys are staying out of the shenanigans, so I'm good with it. We gotta, we gotta um a fan, first fan to call in. We had some writers on. We got my man at Tallywacker. That's who. That's Tally, Tallywacker twenty six. <laughs> yeah. Hey boys, you
5: can, you can call me Trey. That's, that's a little easier. That's a little easier. Trey,
0: yeah. Trey, <laughs> man, hey, wait. that's the last time we use Tallywacker
1: on the show. Hey, okay, Tallywacker, yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, man. I know tallywhacker,
5: tallywhacker.
1: bro. Hey man, fight. it's
5: good to hear from Stadium and Gale, right? Stadium and Gale, baby. Man, it's hard, It's man. So I've, I called the Big Three Roll-Up before, so it's it's good to kind of get on the new podcast, man. I'm excited for you guys.
0: Uh, yes, different it. energy, man. We hanging out on here it's all gay to talk. I ain't gotta I ain't gotta have my guards up and me shooting all my jokes all day. I get to save some, you know what I'm saying? No,
5: man, it goes in a circle instead of back and forth, man. Uh,
0: Absolutely. You
5: what, what question, well, so, you I mean, got,
0: man? Any question about the, the, the team, uh, the program, the season. So who what all do we have
5: got? on? So we got obviously obviously we got you, Silk. Um but who else is on? Is Dan? Is it Dan? Dan, yeah. All that right, well guys, man. i Oh, who else is it? Dan Silk and who else? Ahmad Black, man. Please oh, Ahmad, man. Hey, by the way, big fan, man. I'm a I'm a Fort Meade guy, so I, I kind of went to high school mm, just uh, just after you guys did. So, you know, late, I watched Latham do that run for a long time, and uh, and you guys were awesome, man. It was it was good. good. I played with uh, Ontario McCaleb.
2: Okay, oh, okay, all right. So that was right. a little bit after us, man. Yeah, a little
5: bit after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Anyway, you boys, uh, you boys are exciting. It's good to get another Lakeland crew in there. I know we didn't get Bowman; that was a big miss. I hate that we didn't get him, but but we got another big three coming in. You know, from Lakeland. I hope that pipeline's still there. Polk County's strong. I mean, it's it's always going to be there. Uh, you miss one every now and then, but you know we had some other guys not work out. Robinson, you know, you know, medical kind of stuff. You know, I hate it for him, but you know, Lakeland's always going to be there. I feel like it's it's not an every time thing. Guys are going to make their own decisions. They want to make their own uh, path and stuff. I get that, you know, but uh, I'm excited for the future.
0: Yeah, I'm not entirely done with Bowman, man. Like, mentally, I can't just say he's done. Until he shows back on campus, it's kind of like just hoping and wishing, but I think these guys are still recruiting him. I'll see where we're at as the season unfold. We'll see.
5: Yeah, man, you never quit. You never quit on a kid, especially a kid that talented.
2: Never.
0: Just just with Bowman, man, my whole thing
2: is, you know, like I said, man, I know the kid personally, so um i completely understand you know his mindset and what what he thinking man and um you know i I just don't ever want to tell it pull a kid man you know he already committed there i just want to see him do big things it just sucks that he can't do big things in in the same colors we want him to but you know um,
0: at the end of the day man we just got to support him no matter what yeah Yeah, man it's from
2: lately
6: of course
0: yeah, my hey. black, my my black speaking like a former player in, in the Lakeland, bro. Uh, I need that, I need that cat in the other orange and blue, cause uh, you didn't know
5: what I <laughs> <one. laughs> No, but man, uh, you hey, you guys are great. Uh, keep up the good work. I don't want to keep up much, take much of your time up. I'm, I mean, I'm the first in many callers, I'm sure. So, but uh, hopefully, uh, y'all you know, we keep doing this. Uh, it gets big. I mean, I don't know how big the first podcast is going to be, but I know it's going to grow. It's a, it's a big three roll up podcast. It's just going to keep growing.
0: You already know, man. It's already Shake grown, man. Uh, appreciate the call. Uh, come and hang out with us every week at Stadium Miguel. But this podcast right here, bro, it's going to be a lot. Of, it's not going to be a whole lot of lead. We just got to pull up every week and give, uh, get these folks content. But the Twitter page already got over 2,000 followers. Um, the buzz is out there. We just got to keep doing our thing, bro, and the rest going to do itself.
5: Yeah, right. Full, full, full fan support, man. I'll keep spreading the word. You boys do it. I
0: appreciate the love, dog. All right. Thanks, Trey. Have a, have a good one. Man, name not Trey. You got to call him Tallywhacker, bro.
1: I'm not calling any grown man Tallywhacker. <laughs> 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 I
0: know about that, man. I don't know about that. Hey, hey,
2: Trey, you sure you're from, from my hood with that man? you <laughs>
0: <laughs> Now, Black, you guys had a lot of shenanigans going on when you were playing as far as off the field stuff. Did you guys kind of uh, mend together and kind of rally together during the offseason? Like, how did that affect you guys? Because y'all had a bunch of shit going
2: on. Hey, man, what happens in games, with- Biggest stays in Games Vegas, man. It used to. It used to. That was on social media, right? Yeah. Um. But you know, it, we we had you know our, our fair issues, man. It's just, um, I, I think what it was it, on our end, man. It's just we had an on edge coach, an on edge uh, strength coach that kind of made us on edge, man, and we had to be on edge all the time. By the time we got done playing football and working out, man, we go out in the community and we just, like, on edge, like just like our coaches was. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, I, I think we were, we we're a great group of young men. Um, we we enjoy playing the game of football as as much as uh, anybody should, man. And I just know, man, it was like a switch, man. We, we, we go out and do whatever we want to do, man, and have fun, but at the same time, man, it was time to get work done. We got work done.
1: Hey, Ahmad, you think you think Florida – I mean, obviously, Dan Mullen worked with Urban Meyer. Uh, Hevesy worked with Urban Meyer. Um, you think the coaching staff that we have right now is on edge? You think that that might be part of – I mean, Savage, you know, is a Mickey Mariotti guy. I mean, is that something you're worried about, something you see or –
2: No, no, no. I mean, I, I just think the kids are a little bit different now, man. They got a little bit more stuff to do. Um, uh, you know, as far as us, man, we were just uh, – I don't know. You know, the kids got social media. I feel like today, man, the kids are a little bit more relaxed than we was. Um, Especially our class that came in, man. We were just, I don't know, man. We just wanted to, it, it You was,
1: You think they're more relaxed or you think they're more uptight?
2: Nah, man. We're way more, more uptight than these you guys. really? All right. Hey, man, All right man.
0: We got another call on, dog. uh Fan. Uh, fan of the big three roll up. Uh, also, he been Palm Beach, man. I met up with him a couple of times. We got at Cav Hart on the phone. Cav, what's going on, man? What's up, fellas? Hanging out, dog. What up, what up? What's up? What's up? Man, congratulations
7: on the show. First of all, this is a, a dope thing, man. I appreciate y'all putting this together for all of us fans. Hey, man, we're hey, here we for the orange. calling in. Us. Yep. So, uh, real quick, wanted wanted to talk to y'all about my man, um, Huggins, after what we saw in the spring game from here. It, uh, it kind of seemed like it was a foregone conclusion that Dean would come down and kind of play in that star role, but what do you what do you all see from Huggins, and, and do you think that he too can be one of these interchangeable guys that we see line up at
2: safety, but also kind of play some down at the star position? I mean, I, I'm pretty much liking what Huggins has has to bring to the table, man. Um, uh, right now, man, and and what he did in the spring, it it, it kind of raised a lot of eyebrows, man. This yeah. kid, yeah, kid, this kid yeah. really, really showing some some glimpses and light, man. But you know uh, what a wise man once told me back in the day, man: the more you can do, the longer you stay. And uh, yeah. you know, if, if he can play the inside for us, he can play the inside for us. That ultimately help our team and help his start when it's time for him to go somewhere. You know what I'm saying? If he yeah. can come kind of play the outside, the inside, um, drop in the box and make tackles, man, that that just that just opens it up for him.
1: Yeah, you can never have enough good DBs, right? So, you know, whether it's Huggins or Dean, you know, I think that they're going to probably trade out a lot uh, this year before, uh, you know, maybe CJ Henderson and Marco Wilson go off, and then maybe you move Trade Dean outside. Uh, but right now, you're going to need both of them, and if, if Florida can can play either one of them without missing a beat, and you know, they're still. There's still some questions at linebacker too, so maybe you throw an extra, you know, safety or star person out there. So, uh, you know, Huggins can be big for that defense, man. And if he can play like he did, you know, this spring and, and what we've heard, um, you know, he he might have overtaken that spot from Trading, which would've been hard to do.
0: Yeah, you know? I just I just took it as a, a huge plus, man. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't even mind seeing it, it, like either one of those guys, Trading or Huggins, go on the back end to play a little safety, since our safeties really haven't been consistent consistent on the field. Or consistent stand on the field, you know what I'm saying? For injuries or Mm -hmm. off the field, suspensions, whatever it is, I think we can use all the versatility we can in the defensive back position. Um, Trey got to play some outside last year, so we know he can flex out and play some corner if if one of the guys go down and need a breath. But Huggins being able to do that at the start, I, I didn't even think he was a start type of player. I thought... Maybe he could play some His safety. Game. Yeah, 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 but he, yeah. he stepped in yeah. and, 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 and stole a lot of promise this spring, bro. So I just think it makes Ryan English and, and my man Torian Gray' job a lot easier, bro. Yeah, th- I mean, th- this may sound way too simplistic, but I just feel like give me as many athletes
7: as you can give me out there, and let's just figure it out. I mean, yeah, I absolutely. guess that's the that's the great part about having these guys that are kind of multifunctional pieces, where it's like you know you can. You can get creative with the defense, because I don't, I feel like with Marco being out all last year, we never really got to see a full Grantham defense, but when you get all these pieces and you got a healthy CJ and Marco, you know, we can get creative with the other guys.
1: Yeah, and I think you saw last year what they did with Chauncey Gardner, right, and that was a year uh, of having him, uh, you know, under this defense, so, you know, another year under Grantham with Huggins. You know, I, I think the sky's the limit for, for that kid. I think that he's a, a great player. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to fill that hole nicely with, uh, you know, I think the only thing that, you know, Florida's got to figure out on defense just bringing up uh, uh, Chauncey Gardner there is, you know, who's going to be that leader on the back end of that defense and who's going to be one making that calls Because that star position is going to require a lot of calling out on, on defense and everything else, especially with some question marks at safety. Uh, I'm curious to see, uh, you know, if, if Trey Dean and, and, uh, and Huggins could be that guy.
2: Now, one, one thing yeah. about our safeties, though, we do got a, a, a few guys back there that have played a lot of football for us. Um, so it, that right there, is, it, it don't scare me too much. Um, I just I just feel like we always got a guy that's going to step up and make some plays for us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yeah. And every year it's always something like that one or two players that, hey, man, this guy had an awesome year that, you know, came, came out of nowhere, whether it be at any position, especially on defense. You know, Chuck, Kyle Polite was that guy a couple years ago. Um, he even Reese a couple years ago. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. yeah. Guys, guys just step up Chauncey last year, man. And, and guys just step up to the plate, man. And when a rifles dropped, man, you just got to pick it up.
0: If you're a DB yeah. and uh, you got that star mm-hmm. role in, 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 the, in the Grantham defense, bro, like it's an opportunity to just make plays and get yourself drafted, dog. Like you're in a position to make plays. So if Huggins or either Dean, that guy, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic about that position. I know Ga- uh, Chauncey Gardner, we lost a uh, pretty much a lead on the defense, but when you replace him with a guy like Trey Dean, shout out to um my man my cousin, dog, when you either nah. one of those guys, dog, like you're not missing nothing, man. Shout out to Trey Dean in the weight room too, man. Paul, he looking he looking real good out there, bro. I just I
2: and you know, and, uh, and not my biased opinion. Um, you know, Trey, Trey play, got a lot of calls last year um from for not looking back at the ball. I just feel like the way he plays, maybe try him out of safety. Therefore, you don't have to look back as much. Therefore, you got a receiver and the ball and the quarterback in front of you.
1: Yeah, I always thought that training was going to come in and play safety, and then you know I think that he was thrown into that position because of necessity last year, and I think that he played pretty well. You know, all things considered, uh, you know, but with Florida having some question marks, plus having potentially a capable star person in Huggins, in order to keep all of them on the field, you know, that might be something that they do. I mean, I don't know if, if they're doing that in in practice or whatever, but you know, I think that you got to get the best five guys that you
2: got on the uh, in the backfield. And that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, and then yep. you hit it right on the head, man. It's it's to get the best the best we could possibly get on the field. If we got if that's the the, the only way we could possibly get the best we got on the field by possibly moving Trey to safety, then that so be it. You know, we're trying to win a championship now. we well, trying to win the the championship. That,
7: the thing that Silk touched on was the that that the dog mentality that the that, that Dean has that I feel like we kind of lost with losing somebody like Chauncey. Yeah. You know you don't you don't want to take that out you don't want to take that out of your defense because you you need those guys so yeah man I'm I'm, I'm with y'all any o- o- any o- way you can get all of them on the field o- man sign me up for that
2: you saying you saying Trey Dean got got dog in him huh I wonder where he got that from <laughs> <laughs> I don't know sir. that must been the family stuff I don't know, so
0: yeah. I don't know <laughs> man sometimes yeah. sometimes just in the blood because <laughs> I guess so hey. uh
7: hey Ma, you, you you see how I set you up right
2: yeah <laughs>
7: yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Alright fellas I'm, hey, I'm going to let somebody else Get on here man I
0: appreciate y'all though Appreciate All you right, calling in And yeah. hang out All dog right. Stay in right. McGill Each and every week Alrighty All Hey we'll talk to you Let's jump into some Recruiting talk dog uh, it's, been, it's been I don't think we are doing Absolutely bad In recruiting uh, We're a top 10 team Right now We're missing on some guys I think Georgia And Kirby Smart Is is, is Curve stomping us A little bit on the trail Right now dog But it's a long way To go to the season so and I like where we at this year versus last year. So I think we'll do we'll do fine on the trail. I'm not too stressed out yet, man. How y'all feeling about recruiting right now? I I ain't too much worried right now, man. Uh, we we looking good right now. Uh, we
2: always gonna be a top competitor, especially with the coaching staff we have, man. It they they really pro recruiting. So um, I, I'm not too much worried, man. The last coaching staff, you know, no disrespect to those guys, man. I just feel like recruiting was the big one of the big. Issues that they wanted, they that they want they step they should have been stepping to. Um, I think they were worried about you know too much uh you know other things, but you know besides all that man, I just I, I love where we're going right now man, and um you know I, I just hope it continues man.
1: Yeah, we got a couple holes to fill. Uh, you know things are looking all right. You know I'd like to see some uh some improvement. Um, you know they need to get a uh, a running back. Um, they probably need to get a couple more on the skill position. I think that they're doing okay. Um, you know they've got a top ten class right now, um, and I know the class after is uh, is looking pretty good too, man. But, but I don't know. We we need to start hitting on some of those those high four stars. You know some of those five star guys. I know and I get why Bowman's going to Clemson. I get why you know a lot of these guys are going to your Alabama, your Georgia, your Clemson right now. Um, mm-hmm. But but at some point in time you got to start getting, you got to start winning some of those battles because it's been it's been a while. Um, I think I saw a stat that said the SEC East has twenty four five stars and. 22 of them are at Georgia so at some point um, and I know a lot of them are transferring but still at some point you gotta you gotta start winning some of those battles
0: I agree man um, I don't know what the issue is I'm not gonna say it's the issue but I think we need to get those elite kids man you can't miss out on the Bowmans you can't miss out on the Trey Sanders and that's just a running back position which is really not in the grand scheme of things that important a position but on the eyes, it doesn't it doesn't look like we're we're back and ready to compete with the best, and we're not landing those kids in our backyard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I mean that's one thing we got to start you
2: start doing, man. Is, is, is the big name guys, is, 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 especially in our backyard, man. It's telling them guys, man, and bringing those guys in, man, because that's that's tough, man. To see a kid in your backyard go play for another state, another school, in another state, man. But you know, all in all, man, it's a, I feel like you know. It, the Stars and all that—that's that, cool, man. But I just feel like it's about, uh, you know, how to, how we have uh, developed the players and absolutely, absolutely. I feel like I, 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 you know, I feel real good about our coaching staff and and what yep. they bring to the table as far as like player development, man. And and I got a lot of faith in our guys that whatever we bring in, we're gonna have them ready to play on Saturdays. Yeah, you know, too much worried about that.
1: Hey, uh, hey, Mod, we got to, we got Andrew five in the line. Andrew there. Yes, I'm here, Andrew. What's up, baby? What's going on, Andrew Spivey from Gator Country, man? We're just we're just chopping it up a little bit about recruiting. Uh, what do you think going on so far? How do you think we're doing? Um, about where you expected? Doing a little bit better, a little bit worse? How how would you rank where we're at right now in recruiting?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think it's about where expected. I mean, outside of Demarcus Bowman, who has been the big miss this year. And, you know, everyone has continued to have that, uh, the the ceiling and uh, the sky's falling fallen and everything else. And Dan Mullen can't recruit this and Dan Mullen can't recruit that. But outside of Demarcus Bowman, what guy has really not committed to Florida that you thought we were going to commit to Florida? They have Anthony Richardson, everyone wanted Carson Beck. I think you and I can agree. Uh, Anthony Richardson's a better fit for Florida than Carson Beck. And, um, you know, this whole motive that Georgia's out recruiting Florida, yes, they are right now. But, again, Kirby Smart's four years ahead of Dan Mullen as far as being at the University of
1: Georgia. Yeah, I got you. Hey, Andrew, I got a couple quick questions. Hey, talk to me about Jaheim Bell. This is a guy that seems to uh, be exploding everywhere. Um, I know the timeline's known about him for a while. Florida picked him up a few weeks ago. What can you tell us about him and and where do you think he ends up uh, in the rankings?
6: Yeah, I mean, you're not going to tell me this ain't a top 100, top 150 kind of guy. He's an explosive athlete. Uh, talk about you, it. You know, you look you look at him. He's an h back, you know, tight end kind of guy. Uh, can play receiver. Uh, can can just about play anywhere on offense. And I, you know, I think the biggest thing for me with him is he's versatile, like I just said, and play anywhere in Dan Mullins' offense. And when you're when you want a guy in Dan Mullins' offense, you want a guy that you can you know find mismatches with. That's what Dan Mullins the best at doing, and that's what Jaheim bell's going to be he's going to be a guy that you know i think a lot of people are going to sweat out towards the end because he's going to take some visits and schools are you know kind of taking notice uh, of him but i think he's a guy that Florida got on early and has a good relationship with and a keep and you know if he's not a top 100 top 150 kid at the end of the year i, I think something's wrong
1: yeah and then what what can you tell us about the, the new guy from uh, louisiana joe williams
6: yeah, he's a guy that you know. I was talking to some Bama guys this past weekend. They authored, uh, I, I believe, uh, I believe either Saturday or Sunday, uh, and they they really like him. They they're, not, they're kind of surprised that LSU wasn't fully on him. Uh, they really really like his press skills. Uh, you know, a guy that could easily go to safety, but will probably stay at corner a little bit. And a guy that they think runs very very well. And uh, you know, a long corner fits Torian Gray's you know kind of uh, perception of a cornerback perfectly. And you know. I, Again, Alabama offers, and Nick Saban wants a cornerback. There's not too many guys I I, uh, I trust more in their, their development and their uh, uh, evaluation that I do Nick Saban. And Torian Gray's right up there with him. And Torian Gray went after him very, very early on. I really like him. If he stays at corner, you really like his press skills. and If he moves to safety, you really like his ability to kind of move around a little bit and kind of be that ball hawker.
0: Now Torian Gray seems to like the 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 tall slender built a little bit. Did he value? Uh, in your opinion, do you think he values maybe? Um, uh, we got Avery Ham, and then we got my man um out of Louisiana right there. Do you think he has uh, those guys higher than maybe say uh, Ethan Pouncy?
6: Yeah, you know I, I do because of that. I you know I think when you look at what he what he had in the NFL and then. You know, kind of what he started to recruit at Florida his first time around. I think he does. I think he's kind of going to that new age where you like those those tall cornerbacks a little bit more. Those guys that can you know go up win that jump ball. You know, not to say that he doesn't like Ethan Pouncy at all. I I think Ethan's very high up there. But you know, if you're asking Torrey Gray, what's his one thing he wants out of corner? That's that that tall guy who's long and can really just be that one on one. You know, if it's a jump ball, he's gonna go up and win it.
0: Now, I was, uh, Dan, just we we, we chatting in, um, on, on the side box. I was going to ask you this anyway. As far as our, our support staff, I, I just, just from watching on social media, when I see uh, maybe Georgia post a picture of their the big recruiting days, and I see 30, 40 golf carts out front. And even with Auburn, some of those guys, and Bam, they have big, so just, as far as the supporting staff, they're huge. I was at the cookout a couple of weeks ago and while it was a great cookout, and guys were shaking the movement, the support staff to me didn't seem as big as those other staffs. Are we lacking in that department a little bit? Oh,
6: yeah. It's it's very behind. You know, when, when Coach Mack was here, I had a I had one of the, the recruiting members tell me to say that Alabama was 20 to 25 guys and they were working with five guys at the time. And, and that's something Alabama is doing better with. And, you know, I, I think people, you know, give a lot of heat to Keewan Ratliff and those kind of guys, uh, but they're doing their job. And, and it's just like you said, it's a, they're outnumbered. And, you know, when you go to Georgia, when you go to Bama, uh, LSU's gotten uh, bigger and, and Tennessee's gotten bigger under Jeremy Pruitt. You're, you're looking at 15 to 20 guys in a, in a recruiting department department that are just focused on recruiting day in and day out and that's something Florida doesn't have right now. And, and I, I know Dan Bowen's trying to fix that. He's trying to get his uh, new director of player personnel in there but uh, Florida's lacking in that department and I think that's where you see you know, when guys say well we don't hear from Florida as much as we hear from you know school X or school Y it's because of that. There's just not as many hands on as there is and, and let's face it, these coaches are the best coaches some of the best coaches on Saturdays they don't have. They only have twenty four hours in the day. That's when you need these uh, extra support staff members.
1: Where are they at with that that player personnel search? You
6: know, no. You know, I, last time I checked, uh, last week, uh, Dan Bowen was still, you know, going through that evaluation process, and I think. We can all agree that you know this one has to be the right hire. You know, you had uh, EK Franks, and he was a good hire, but he moved on to Kentucky, and then you had Chuck Canner who I think most of, not all of us, will say that was a disaster of a hire. He needs to land this one. He needs to land the right guy here. You know, to Dan Mon's credit, he says right now he wants to handle it himself until he finds that right guy. it's the summertime; season to do that. But when we look at August and September, you better have someone on board that can do this while you're trying to win football games. Yeah. Oh, I,
0: could, I, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm on a, a totally yeah, different subject. Go ahead,
1: Dan. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that, I guess that's my biggest concern right now is that we're we're in June. We got Friday Night Lights coming up. You know, in what a few weeks, and then and then what? Then we've got you know the start of of fall ball right, at the end of July. So we're seven weeks away before the season starts, and we don't have a player personnel. I would assume that this person's probably still working somewhere. So, you know, we're close, we're close to getting to that that point where it's starting to get real overwhelming real quick, and I would imagine that Mullen's going to probably take another vacation or two before the start of the year. I'm getting a little nervous, Andrew.
6: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, you know, I, I, I never say it's time to panic. But, you know, it's it's certainly getting time to say, okay, like, enough, enough. You need to get a guy. Uh, you know, it, the the recruiting department as a whole has got to get better. You know, we had some people tell us uh, that we're in the NFL scouting department, tell us that Florida's, you know, uh, office in general was just disorganized. And you know, I think that's changing with Kiwan, with Jamar Cheney, those guys in there. Uh, but you got to have someone to kind of – right the ship and be that head man. And, and again, this is no disrespect to Kiwans, no disrespect to Jamar Chaney. Th- those guys are, are guys that are very young into this process. They need someone with some expertise and some uh, more experience in there to help them kind of go through this process that's about to start, in Florida's case, at the end of July because of the uh, early game against Miami.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, as well as I do, just because, you know, I was in the recruiting office for three and a half years that it's not just about being a good recruiter and a guy that you can uh, you can relate to. It's about being organized. And McKeewan I mean, has been doing this for five months. I mean, he's he's a good dude. Jamar Chaney's the same way. He just has a little bit of experience. You got to bring somebody in that's going uh, to th- that's going to be able to lead those guys and elevate their work, too, because they're still trying to figure out what to do. But anyway, so what were you going to say, bud?
0: Oh no, I was just getting back onto some recruits, man. I'll let you do your your staff thing. But it was just something that, that was something I noticed by when I was out there, bro. It just seemed like we was not as staffed as as, as other outfits that I've just seen vaguely on Twitter. But how are we feeling about Josh Brown? Are we are we feeling the slip there a little bit? What's his timeline?
6: Yeah, you know, I, he, South Carolina feels really, really good on it. And, uh, and, you know, South Carolina and Georgia were two schools, uh, you know, in the winter time that were telling me that they felt really, really good with. Uh, I think Georgia's slipping a little bit just because they're they're starting to get some offense alignment. And Brian maybe sees that, okay, Florida and South Carolina maybe need me a little bit more. But uh, right now I think South Carolina probably has that early edge. And Brian says he wants to make a decision by the end of the summer for me. You got to get Braun back on campus sometime this month, or or uh, or at the end of July for Friday Night Likes before he makes a decision. Because Braun's one of those guys that you know you look at the offensive line and you say, okay, you almost can't miss on him simply because there's not too many in-state guys that you can
0: go out and say, okay, this is a guy I could play year one, year two. Okay. I appreciate you for coming on here. Am my, my blast beat the Ivy, though? My I don't get into the recruiting. Man, what's up? Man, what's up? <laughs> I, I love recruitment. I'm
2: just listening, man, and, and, and you know I'm taking my notes over here, man. But you know, it's you know it's just recruiting, man. It's just nowadays, man. You know, with these kids, it's just it's so hard to even for me to even get into it because. You know, one week they talking about, hey, I'm committed here. Next week they take a visit, I'm committed here. Next week, You know what I'm saying? So I, I kind of love talking about the guys that's actually already here. So you know, nothing against those guys. And, you know, I hope those guys have a great recruiting process, man. But, you know, if you ain't a gator, you get a bait. So <laughs> that's how, that's how just, I see it. Just last week you had a Tennessee commit release, a top six, with no Tennessee in it. Get that.
6: <laughs>
1: not, not what a time to be alive. That, that, just,
2: that's so, how he that, decommitted. That was beautiful. So nothing against them. I just I know when, when when a certain head coach told me this your offer take it or leave it and you can't take no more other visits. Welcome me to Gator Nation. Man. And then <laughs> shoot man, listen, man. Sign me up. And ever since then I've been a gator, man. So, you know, I don't know nothing about, you know, flip flopping and decommitting and committing and we didn't do that back in the day. So Ahmad, we need you to uh, give these guys some
6: lessons. Uh you know, for me it would make my life a lot easier.
2: Hey, man, give them some lessons, man. They need to give me some lessons, man. They look like they got all the <laughs> slack and the juice now. I need some of what they got.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love it. Hey, Andrew, thanks for hanging out for a bit. But we'll, uh, we'll bring you back on in the next couple weeks. We'll chat some more, bud. But I appreciate your time today, bud.
0: You got it, guys. Take care. Have a good night. All, you know, good lines, all right, man. stay and hmm. McGill every week. Pull up, dog. We hanging out. Game one, Orlando, dog. We got – um. The Miami Project's pulling up to Orlando. How y'all feeling about that week one matchup? Man, I, 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 listen, I get in an argument almost
2: literally every day with my cousin, every day with, you know, some of my friends. Like, I don't care nothing about Miami, which I, how many rings y'all got, how many times y'all beat us in the past. I don't care about none of that. What have you done for me lately? What does team look like this year? That's what we need to talk about. We don't care about how many times y'all beat us in 1942. We don't care about that. <laughs> we don't care about what you won the championship before you. Were, you was born.
0: We don't care about that. We talking about right now. Yeah, none of that. None of that matters, man. I'm sorry to hear that your cousin uh, cheer for this, the um the Miami Section 8ers, bro. But I don't know. None why. of that. Yeah, you got. You should have flipped them when you was on campus, baby. What happened,
2: man? I don't know, man. This man, he, he, I don't know. He' about to get removed from the uh, family tree. I know that.
0: Yeah, get him out of there, dog. But I just <laughs> since we're breaking down, um. Our position group every week. Let's break down our opponents or, or give a take on our opponent's quarterback position as well. How you feel about the minor quarterback position, Dan?
1: Man, I don't know what they're gonna do. Uh I don't think they've got a, a true number one quarterback. So I think that they're I, I think Jaron is gonna probably be the guy. Um, but I know Perry um you know is is another Yeah, I don't I don't think Martell is I don't think Martell's the guy. Um I think that they gotta play. I think they got to play him at some point this year, but I don't think it's now. Um, I don't think they can roll out somebody that's, you know, throwing duck balls and practices, um, you know, out first game against Marco Wilson.
2: I mean, so that, it's, it's that same quarterback who who I try to tell, tell this fan base a couple months ago, this dude was it. And he got on Twitter jumping bad at me, at me and talking about who is Amad Black. Now, let me just tell you who Amad Black is, <laughs> <laughs> your
0: mom black and have to transfer and change the school three times. Sorry, I'm going to go ahead and keep it rolling yeah I'm not I mean um, the Miami quarterback position is pretty much a bunch of what we already know um, It's the only thing we don't know is Jaren Williams can those guys get better? Absolutely man um, Felipe France got better on the Dan Mullen so those guys could get better but I don't see that in Enos' resume. I do not
1: trust Manny Diaz. And, and I know Enos is a good – he's a fine coach um, and at Alabama. He was good. But do, I, I don't see him being the guy that Miami fans think that he is. Um, I mean, maybe one day they'll get better. But I don't think in one offseason that's enough time to, to, you know, get Nicosi Perry, you know, Competent enough, and then obviously, you know, at at four foot eight, Tate Martell's got a you know a height advantage to uh, or a high disadvantage to try to get out there. So I don't know what's going to go on over there.
2: It's it's, it's, it's crazy to me, uh, and this it, is one of the the things that that I was was kind of arguing
0: with, with people about is, and, you know, no disrespect, yo, to, to the team. Yeah, we got another call on hey. Yeah, Commando Seven Zero Seven Four. What's up, dog? You hanging out? Yeah, yo, is this my Uber? I'm
8: at the corner of Stadium and Gale looking for you guys, man. Hey, man, look, I
0: thought
2: I, I, thought I seen you out there, man. Is, is that you with uh, the T-Bow jersey with no undershirt?
0: Uh, yeah, that's me, man. I, I'm wearing the orange and blue. I got the T-Bow on. I'm there. What's going on, man? Hey, we talking about the Miami quarterback position right now. You want to chime in on that or you got a you got a question?
8: Well, I I do have a couple of uh, things to say. First of all, I want to say, hey, guys, congratulations on the new show. I think this uh, franchising, uh, the big three roll up is a great thing, man. Uh, You guys branching out and and, uh, concentrating on each of the individual teams is exactly what uh, a a fan like me. This is exactly what I'm looking for. So I really appreciate you guys and
2: and, uh, what you're trying to do here. Hey, we appreciate um, you. Know, I, I, appreciate you. Go ahead. We appreciate you, man. That's all you know, thank you. Thanks for listening there, man, and uh and, and cheering for our gators. Yeah, so Corey,
8: you know, you bring that energy every week on Big Three Roll Up, and I appreciate that so much. You got that wit and that uh damn <laughs> that Joel
0: Osteen thing he laid down last week had me cracking up in the I'm, car. I yeah, almost a, drove off the damn road. Yeah, man, I'm pretty much just a um, professional shit-talker, dog. I like to shoot the shit, uh, have a conversation, dog. And most importantly, man, I like to have fun talk about the Gators, dog. The rest of this is just extra for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, you're one of the few fans that have been messing with the roll-up for a long time. I'm just glad you moved on to the, to, to the stadium, Miguel. I mean, the roll-up's still happening every week, but this is just something different, bro. It's a different energy. You know what <laughs> what I'm <saying>? hey, when <laughs> it comes to stadium, <laughs> Gail, man,
8: Corey, I'm, I'm uh, you know... I'm first time, long time uh, listening to Stadium Gale. <laughs> I mean, we're here the first week. This is great. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that you guys brought Dan into the fold because every time I I read Dan or I see him on the on the timeline or uh, listen to him on the on the Gator panels, I think Dan's got that journalistic style. So you bring a different mix to it. Um, and, and he's, even though he's not a journalist by trade, he's, he's, he's got it down, man. You guys have got this go out and a mod. You got that player perspective that, uh, that nobody else can really bring to that. Um, you're, you're still connected with the program. You're right there in the forefront. So this is, uh, really this franchise of the big three roll up is exactly what I need. Um, Ye- I, got it. I do have a first question for you guys. You know, as we watch it, um, as we watch the recruiting uh, road um, unroll here, uh, we, we see recruits getting purged or I guess the better term is uh, um, taken by, uh, poached by other programs. What 2020 recruit do you think that we need to guard the most that that are, uh that Dan Coach Dan and company need to guard most most against uh, coaching?
0: Gervon uh, Dexter, absolutely. Are you, are you talking about another Polk County
2: Polk County guy? Uh,
0: go ahead
8: A- Anybody, here, anybody, <laughs> but but definitely if it's Polk <laughs> County, certainly go ahead.
1: Yeah, I think Gervon Dexter, but I also think uh, Jaheim Bell is a guy that we were just talking to Andrew Spivey about from uh, from Gator Country. Uh, we think that he's the guy that's going to probably be a top 100 player. I think he's a difference maker. Uh, and I think a lot of schools are going to start going after him. So Florida's got to
2: keep him close.
0: Thank yeah.
2: you. Um, yeah, what when you, you say, Polk County? Yeah, man, you know, Polk County, we always produce some of the, some of the biggest stars anyway, man. Uh, um, you know we got some hard workers, hardworking people down there, man. And, you know we, we, we love to we love to put on orange and blue and, and put on for our for our hometown.
8: Well, I always think it's uh, yeah, very critical for Florida to take back that Polk County uh, recruiting angle, and I think we we, we went a ways last year to do that, and I think um, I think we're taking some steps this year to do it again. So, I mean, yeah, man. You on the on the on the side. To, make that happen
2: just your reputation everything man. yeah man I just, and one thing i can bring to the table man is is, is a lot of guys um it, with a lot of guys is i've done what a lot of guys kind of want to do man is, is, as far as win a championship man put on the orange and blue man and ha- have a chance to go to the next level so i kind of can relate with those guys and that's kind of what i've been able to do and that's what i bring to the table man so hopefully i can continue to, to keep that going man and, and uh you, you keep coming in every week, man, and hanging out with us, man, at Stadium Miguel, man, and, and we keep in contact with you, man.
8: I love it. So, so guys, who do you think this year, you know, other than the typical names, you know a lot of people are throwing around like Felipe and some, some of the wide receivers or whatever, but who do you think really that we haven't heard about um, other than the spring game? Who do you really think has a breakout year this year? I mean, myself. I think it
0: might be Amari Bernie. Go ahead and t- tell me, tell me who you. I are. like, I like, I like, I like the name Amar, um, Amari Bernie, dog. But uh, I started this off season off with Zach Carter. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and finish it off with my man Zach Carter, dog. I just think he brings in a dynamic where he can go inside uh, or outside and pass rush and pass rush packages. I think he play some D tackle and regular downs. He can play some defensive ends, from side defensive ends. So I'm gonna say Zach Carter, bro. I think he breaks out and have a huge year, man. The whole nation to know about him after after week one. Okay. I, I can't wait. I, I'm I like excited that. to I see
2: that card too, man.
8: I like that. I think we need some of that defensive line uh, resurgence again. Um, I think uh, I was I was watching I was looking tonight on the TL. I was seeing that there was some some buzz about uh, another defensive uh, lineman possibly transferring in. Who was that? Uh name escapes me right
2: now. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, defense a alive
8: transfer
0: uh, Duke, in Duco, Duco transfer, Duco. Transferring in this cycle? Like before the season starts?
8: Yeah, I think so. I mean it was just uh it was just a note. Um I'm on, on the timeline. Don't 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 worry yourselves
1: about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think Jonathan Greenard's a guy that, that that's gonna that's gonna do really well from Florida. I know he's a guy that transferred in uh, that a lot of fans know from Virginia Tech, but I think that he's gonna fill into that Jakai Polite spot. Uh, and I like him a lot, man. I think that he's gonna be a great player. Or uh, Louisville, sorry. Um, I think that he's gonna be a great player. It's gonna fit right in, and he's gonna be a guy that your casual fan doesn't know about. That's gonna have a have a really good year, I think.
8: Dan, I really agree with you on that. I think he's got a great uh, relationship with uh, Grantham, and I think that's going to actually pay more dividends than just the uh, the pure talent alone is that familiarity with the scheme and, and the coach. I think uh, there's, a, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, so absolutely. But, oh. yeah, I don't want to ask too many. Oh, go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, go ahead. Last qu- Let's do the last question. We're going to wrap up here pretty quick. Mm-hmm.
7: So, good, so real
1: quick, um, guys, if you were looking out across the
8: uh, the season and you were going to say, hey, let's have a Gator meetup away game somewhere, I saw tonight, Pat Simpson was talking about Kentucky. I look at the uh, plane flights uh, from, like, Tampa and Orlando up to Lexington, to, like 260 and below. What do you guys think uh, across the board if we were going to do, like, sort of a, you know, a stadium and gale
0: away gig? Um, where where would you think that might be? What your thoughts? It's easy for me, bro. I'm LSU on that, dog. Yeah? Yeah, for a away game meetup? I got to say LSU, man. Um, are you talking about for the whole big three? Or are you talking about just Florida fans? No, I'm just talking about Florida fans. Hell with those assholes. Yeah, yeah, fuck them, bro. This is Stadium Miguel. Yeah, we pulling up that um, LSU game. If I, I want to make that game, man, this year. I'm trying my best to, but I got to see as far as the kids, man. But I got me and a bunch of other guys trying to make that the road trip. I heard that the best tailgate movie, man. All right, I'm down with that. I'll, I'll check that one out, too. Hey, we love that. And I
8: at- say congratulations to yeah. you. And, Thanks, uh, man. Appreciate uh, appreciate what you're doing for the content. Um, I'm looking forward to
0: seeing what you what, what you guys produce each and every week. I'm I'm here for you. I'm subscribed, man. <laughs> we hanging out, man. I appreciate you for calling in Stadium Miguel each and every week, man. Go get go get the Uber, bro. We're going to get forty burgers at Relish.
8: <laughs> yeah, you, you get me my Uber to my corner of uh, Stadium Miguel. All right. <laughs> I love What's it, going?
1: man. Hey, we'll uh, we'll <laughs> talk to you soon.
0: All right, thanks Dan. Yeah. Thanks Amon. Thanks, Silk. Y'all pull up. All right, man. It. Hold it down, cuz. Peace out. Yeah, back to the Miami. Um, just breaking down the quarterback position. There, there's nobody on that side of the ball that scare me. I think Jaron Williams can make every throw, um, but he's just not gonna be the guy. I think it's pretty much gonna be Tate on Nicole. I got Nikosi being the guy and Nikosi's an erratic as hell. Um he's not a guy that's focused. I still Kind of watch the shenanigans as far as his social media a little bit, just because I'm it's a it's a boring off season, so I like to see other people quarterbacks kind of do shitty shit stuff on the off season. But I don't I don't he's not a guy that, that, that scares me, man. Not running the ball, not throwing the ball any faster the game. I don't see Dan Eno's fixing that week one. So we, we can talk about quarterbacks, man, as long as we want, man, and and how good they are
2: and, and how good they they, they are. Well, what's a deciding factor in all of that, man. It's, it's your offensive line. I don't think. Man offensive of line their offensive of line is, is from what wow. I remember wasn't that great last year um, especially coming into this uh, you see what I'm saying and then all yeah. of that it, it kind of trickles effect when when you got a, a coach that's going to step in as a defensive minded coach now mind you no disrespect right. from my history and from what the things that I've seen and, and when I've seen defensive minded head coaches the only way they're successful is if they have a great offensive coordinator You see what I'm saying? How great is offensive coordinator? Not not coaching two and all them guys out there.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't even know if he's that great of an offensive coordinator. I mean, I think he could be. uh, you know, but I think if you have two as your quarterback and you're the quarterback's coach at Alabama, there's nice he kind of coaches himself, right? I mean, especially when you have a bunch of five stars, you know, at wide receiver, you got a bunch of five stars at running back, you got a five star offensive line, and you can focus on just him. Miami doesn't have that talent, right? They're not that talented on the offensive line. No matter what they tell themselves, they can't compete against Alabama in any stretch of the imagination on offense. So, you know, I think that Enos could be a a good coach, and, you know, he has a proven track record of some success, but I don't think with the players they have right now that they're going to be able to to produce what what they think that he's going to
0: do. Until Miami goes spread offense, bro, it's going to be dead. Uh, Everybody trying to figure out what's wrong with Miami. Until they go spread offense and, and, and let those Miami kids do what they do, the kids in the South Florida do what they do, they're, they're not gonna ever be back, bro. And we are gonna forty I, burger that in August I, to to, I to further I, dig the hole.
2: I just don't. I just don't see them. But the a first first year probably quarterback, first year you know coach, um, a defensive minded head coach. courses on the offensive line. Uh, just got. They crap ran ran through in, in Wisconsin, and they're about to come out here and think they're just gonna just beat us.
0: Like, I I'm, just, a, I'm gonna go ahead and say, let me go ahead and start talking about you I'm trying to be humble, black. Let me go ahead and say something. I don't, I don't understand. It's just, I, I ain't humble. Like, I'm, Listen, gonna, I'm letting y'all know, a black is not humble. They think, about, just, <laughs> they think Wisconsin just leaned on them because they're big country boys from Wisconsin. Dan Mullen, we finna lean on them people, bro. Like, we're gonna run the ball down their throat. They can say, oh, Florida wants to run the ball. They need to run the ball. we gonna run the ball. Dan Mullen is gonna run the ball. we gonna run the ball down their throat, dog. We're gonna wear them out. It's gonna be hot. We're gonna wear that shit out. And by the time, like, third quarter hit, play action all day, dog. That's the gonna it. It's gonna be food, bro. They're gonna load the box. We have one on ones on the outside with wide receiver screens. Our receivers are way bigger than those little bit of DBs. You would have guys like Grimes, Crew, Pitts, like those big guys blocking five ADBs, bro, with a screen. Like, we're gonna run down on people's throat, dog. I, I just had to get hype up a little bit. That's all. I just I, I don't see those guys stopping. You know, I
2: I feel like in the end it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bad we got first game of the season. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But also, this isn't our first game under Dan. And I feel yeah, like, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I've talked to Coach Dan and, 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 and I, and I, and I talked to Savage. Man, shit, the, the second year, man, it, 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 it's running. It's like clockwork. First year, all right, we're trying to figure out what we got, trying to figure out what is what. We're trying to figure out what we need to do. Okay, the second year, now we're running because now we're moving fast. We can play faster now. We know our assignments, we know what we need to do. You see what I'm saying? We interchange and we, 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 we play a lot of players that. At a lot of positions last year. Yeah. So when it's time for those guys to step up right now, it ain't no it ain't no deer in the head. Like, look, you wanna know why? Because we've been playing those guys. Those guys been interchanging. That defensive line been interchanging. Linebackers yeah, right. been changing. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Is bent receivers been interchanging.
0: We've been and doing it. And we know what to expect, you know, so we know how to prepare. We know how the players know how the coaches wanna prepare. And another thing, too, man, South, my man, Cam, new producer, TJ Training, right now. Like, he, he just chatted it. McEwane also was a. a, a a quarterback coach at Bama, bro. So I mean just getting a guy from Bama ain't always the answer. We, we all know that by now, man. Most of the guys off of most off of them the Tree. Yeah, yeah, they're flopping.
2: Yeah. They they they, they really, you know, they're they, they not what they hyped up to be. And I think they, they sit behind that big, big mean coach and try to try to play like they just like him in reality, in reality, they're nowhere near that guy, man. They can't they can't hold a candle to the Nick Saber. Everybody yeah, ain't it. Nicholas, bro.
1: Yeah, no, I I just don't see it. I mean, you don't have the talent. They they didn't recruit the way that they wanted to. Um, It's a new system, new guys, new quarterback. I mean, just everything's completely different. I mean, I know, you know, Miami likes to pump their chest out about, you know, winning a championship, but 18 years ago when the recruits that are freshmen at their school weren't even born yet. But I I don't see it, man. I I just don't see any way that Miami can put it together and and keep it it within 14 of, of UF next year. Or this
0: uh, this year? Yeah, man. I don't. I don't see. We'll we'll we we'll get into Miami's uh, depth chart for each position as we get into ours each mm-hmm. and every show until the, the first game. But let's go ahead and um, review the staff from last year. Um, any and also the change we have a Mantorian Gray come in uh, for, for Charles Warren. So let's let's go ahead and talk about the staff and and, and um, how we felt about what he ended last year. I, man, I just I just felt like man, we we,
2: we had we made a lot of shots and um, offensively, dif- defensively, I think with Bentham stand, man, that was a big plus for us. I mean, man, he he almost had me had going down there myself, trying to trying to make a sign, man, and try to get him to stay, man, and stand up out, stand outside the stadium, and you know, and beg and plead him to stay, man, because you know that that's one thing that that Clemson um, doesn't do out there, man. Is that coach turnover, man? They they got coaches and they coaches to stay there, man. And I I feel like. We could possibly get something like that going around here.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, what we talked about it on the Gator panel, we talked about it on the, on the roll-up, uh, the biggest thing that Florida's been missing over the last few years is that staff continuity and keeping those guys, knowing what they're looking for, knowing what their expectation is. You know, they had one offseason last year. Now you know going into the offseason what to expect this year. So, um, you know, I think that staff continuity is huge. I think that Gray is a is a huge – Improvement over Warren when it comes to coaching, Um, you know, we'll even on the recruiting front uh, too. But uh, you know, I think that that Grantham staying is big for that defense. We know that he's going to leave at some point, but I think just another year of defense under him, uh, you were able to get uh, greener because of that. Uh, But I don't see on offense any gaps that we're missing except for maybe, um, you know, there's some some question marks at the running back coach and everything else there. But, you know, one of the things that Dan Mullen has always done, you know, throughout his career is he's done a really good job of keeping his staff together. There's a bunch of guys that have been there for a long time, and that just makes it a, a lot easier for the players. It makes it easier for the coaches. It makes expectations easier. You know, I think that, that keeping that staff together is huge.
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, like, I'm, I'm with you, Black Bro. When um, I got started getting the rumors in my DMs about Grantham possibly leaving, it wasn't just the NFL. It was it was some Bama's giving them calls and whatnot too, man. So I got nervous too, man. I'm a Grantham fan. A lot of people don't like uh, they call him Third and Grantham, and people don't like the way he do things on third down sometimes. But I like the aggressive style. I think he's one of the best defensive minds in college football, and would have did it would have done very well in the NFL, to be honest, man. But now that we got. Marco, healthy Marco, and, 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 and Hendon on the other side. He can blitz all he want with them boys on the island. I am excited about that, man. Yeah, I think we're gonna miss that I think that he's a hell of a uh, hell of a
1: technician, hell of a coach. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know how our defensive line plays this year, but I think that uh, that losing him was a was a big loss uh, just from a, a technique standpoint.
2: I agree. Um, but yeah. uh, you know, we'll see. So, so question to uh, Daniel and Silk. How comfortable are you guys with um, Coach Heversy out there and with the offensive line? How much do you think he he can develop the guys that we're gonna have uh, starting for us in the fall?
0: Developing it with Havensy, I'm all all, like I'm I'm on board, bro. Um, He's an old school dude. Um, He's not gonna talk the nicest. I like my old I like my old line coaches, country old and mean as fuck, dog. Like I don't want no nice old lineman coach, bro. Big chaw in their mouth. Yeah, yeah. Just man. dipping want, the whole time? Yeah, <laughs> uh, heavy ignorance. Like, I want yeah. to say inappropriate shit all the time to my, my hogs. You know what I'm saying? So, Hevesy, I'm, I'm for the developer. He ain't the greatest recruiter, but the guys he get going to understand who Hevesy is and, and know they got to bring their hard hats to, to practice every summer or every every workout, every practice. So, I'm all for Hevesy, bro. I have no problem with Hevesy. Hevesy's my guy. Yeah, I like Hevesy a lot. I
1: mean, and he's been with Mullins since Florida – uh, so you know he, he knows the system he knows what he's looking for he knows the guys that he's going to get um, you know you do want to see him start to get those you know those high four stars those five star guys uh, you know but I'll, I'll put a heavy seat up against a lot of coaches in college football when it comes to development um, we just need to see like Silk said just a little bit more of an elevation on the recruiting side but you know as long as he's the, bringing in the guys that he wants and I like yeah. this cycle of bringing in six seven eight guys uh, you know in the class because there's going to be some guys that work themselves out and you know frankly you don't don't want your offensive lineman, you know, to probably play unless they're, you know, just you know, top of the class type of guys, probably until at least their redshirt sophomore year. So give them two, three years under Hevesy. Um, a lot of technique, a lot of technician work, and a guy that understands the offense and what they're looking for, uh, and piecing those guys together to run that offense.
2: Man, I'll take him, you know, over just about any coach that's coaching offensive line. To be honest, I got you. Also um i'm very excited about billy gonzalez man outside with the wide receivers man um the wide receivers that we got coming back this fall man is, is extremely valuable to our team these guys are big body guys these guys are, are uh the type of yeah. guys yeah for the distance or oh, we could throw it up to him um that is a cornerback's nightmare um me being 5'9 um that 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 just screams scare for me um Talk about how you guys feel about uh, Coach Billy Gonzalez. Billy Gonzalez was also at Florida as well in um, and, and our 08 team and, and, and 07 and, and uh, you know, that 06 championship, man. Uh, what do you guys think Coach Gonzalez is going to bring to the table with these wide receivers that we got, man? I'm so excited to see what he's going to do for us.
0: I don't want to really get into the wide receiver group because we're gonna, we going to pretty much touch on that one of these shows. No, but I'm excited to speak about that entire position, bro. I think, like, it's leaps and bounds where we've been since— Last time we had Billy Gonzalez, bro. It's been a while since we had a receiver like this, man. But shout out to Billy, man. He picks out the guys he want on the trail. They're bigger guys. He don't want no small receivers. I don't really care. I don't think he cares about the speed or any of that, man. I think he wants a big physical guy. If he's fast and cool, but the guy's gonna have to be big and physical and can separate. So I like the kind of bodies he's looking for, and I like the way he coaches the position. He coaches down to the T with blocking, uh, route running, setting up routes. I like Billy G a lot, bro, and I'm glad we got him on board. Black, there are so many different types
1: of wide receivers on that team that I'm excited to see what they do. You have your fast guys, you got your tall guys, you got your possession guys, you got your awesome route runners, you got, you got your guys that, that once they get the ball in their hands, you don't know what they're going to do. So, And then you throw in those tight ends, you know, Pitts and cruel and gamble and Big business. You just have so many different types of people you can throw out there that you probably have seven, eight, nine guys, um, you know that 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 can threaten any defense. You got tall guys, got Grimes, you got Tony in there, you got Hammond in there, you got Copeland in there. We're looking forward to see what he could do. You got Frey Swain in there. Um, You know Tyree Cleveland's going to be a senior, so there's so many different types of players out there that I'm I'm interested to see how they they split those uh, split the ball up.
0: Hey Black, real quick though, man. Like I told you I'm gonna be asking you these questions, dog, just cause I'm guys, you know what I'm saying? You yeah, know, i like to get nostalgia a little bit. Just did, did did Percy and Billy really square
2: up? Um I, <laughs> I heard I heard, you know, it was, it was uh uh miscommunication in the in a in a meeting room, but that's the, I I heard a lot of rumors, bro. I don't know what was what, I don't know what was said or what happened. I just know we won championship, man, and like, so <laughs> that's all that. Matters, <laughs> that's all I know, bro. man. I feel and, you, and, and I and I do know we beat the Alabama team, a damn good Alabama team, without Percy. So damn sure did. Dude,
1: um, I'll never. forget. it's funny that you I said come. that. So I went to that game, and we were taking the Marta back from the game back to our hotel, and me and like four dudes that are you know twice the size of me uh, that were in my fraternity. The four of us get on the Marta and then there's just a bunch of Alabama fans, and then all of a sudden we start a without Percy chant, do you would have thought that they wanted to kick every single one of our asses, but they couldn't say
0: anything, anything? And I'm not even going to lie. But but if the liquor sales was jumping...
2: <laughs> That's why would have gotten it It would have got real fast. Hey, this is 10 years ago. I'm safe right now. <laughs> the crazy part about it, though, man, is, you know, we get in the locker room and, and the whole time we didn't know how the extent of Percy's injury, man. And, you know, the, the, the most classless thing I ever, well, second most classless thing I ever had to deal with, I, I dealt with Georgia running on the stadium, in, on the field. But the second uh, most classiest thing i ever had to deal with was florida state when percy uh got hurt they cheered man that was the craziest shit i ever heard oh, yeah
0: dude that was bs man that yeah, was, i remember that, that, that. that was some crazy that was crazy so um you know god god got away with dealing with that he just sent him Willie tagger bro years that's it that's all
2: and and, and, and you know <laughs> percy percy got got back i tell you where he needed to be what well, enough enough to where he needed to be man to help us in the national championship
0: that's what's up, man. Hey, I think it's been a great first episode on uh, Stadium Gail. We have a bunch more writers next week, yeah. some more fan callers. Man, uh, I, I want to bring, I want to bring the um, bring the producer on real quick. The new producer, TJ Training, Cam. What's up, man? Introduce yourself. No, I think it was successful. We got a little here and there, but we'll be all right. Shoot, shoot your people uh, your <laughs> hat handle, man uh all
5: right yo i'm at slam dougie on twitter i stay pretty quiet so i probably won't mess with none of y'all but y'all can give me a follow-up if y'all like see what i'm about
1: what's Absolutely slam Doug.
5: dougie uh it's just an old nickname it's my middle name and slam i guess y'all can kind of figure that out on
0: your own can you dunk nah we talking a uh, different sport or wrestle <laughs> you talking about dunking something yeah, they're mine on the same page, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. okay. All right. okay. Hey, hey. Oh, uh, Tomato, tomato, bro. Same shit. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah, <it>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cam, man. Each and every week, bro, pull up. It's, it's, we'll a, it's here. A, yeah, we here, dog. Hanging out. Hey, Cam, you need to ask TJ how he
1: can get you the Voice of God app so you can sound like you're talking to us from the heavens. Figure, so Yeah,
0: the Wizard of Oz app. <laughs> yeah all right man we're gonna take it out of here with a song i'm like my man amara black the all-american take us away with a track bro what you Thank got man. off the hip
2: hey man that's not trophy me man Drake trophies man hey that's the hey, intro let's take it out yeah let's get thing. because guess what guess what we're gonna end the season with
0: trophies hey hey hey, dan yes sir give people some suit advice when we get off here some type of life advice
1: Hey, always get them suited. Hey, no matter where you get your suits, just take them to a tailor and get them fitted. You can get yourself a $100 suit, get it fitted, and it can look like a $1,000 suit. You can buy yourself a $1,000 suit that's unfitted and you look ugly. I'm telling you, that's exactly what (laughs) you
0: do. Dapper (laughs) Dan. How do you think I look so dapper, man? Dapper Dan. Dan. (laughs) Dapper Dan. Dandy. All right, man. Stady Miguel, y'all pull up each and every week, man. appreciate y'all. Stadium, Miguel. Hey, hold it down. Yeah. Hey, hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? I do not stay at the Intercontinental. And anything I got is not original.